This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Recollections Radio. Monday morning tea time is now all about sharing memories with you, old and new, of life in Dunedin. Bringing you stories, interviews and music from times past and inviting you to share your memories with us. Presented by Jill Bowie and Kay Mercer, the team behind Dunedin Public Library's Scattered Seeds Archive. Thanks to generous funding by the New Zealand Libraries Partnership Project. Recollections Radio, Monday mornings at 11 on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. everybody and welcome to the Recollections Radio Show. How are you going Kay? Oh I've had a brilliant week. We've done some amazing work this week yeah. in the archives so I'm really, yeah I'm quite busy actually. We seem to have travelled yeah. all around the places. Well that probably helps days. getting yeah, out and about and amongst the community. Yeah. We've met with quite a few people this week so uh, yeah, yeah it's been great. It's been another, another busy week. It has as yeah. it was. Yeah we went up to Middlemarch yet again. Yeah. Becoming a, rapidly becoming our favourite cafe up there. I know <laughs> with the weather it seems to be always a beautiful day it is (laughs) i think they've got one of those microclimates that's always sunny i think they have yeah it's a beautiful place to be it is so we love visiting there so it wasn't we didn't need much of an excuse but the reason we went was of course to visit the uh, strathtyra museum at middlemarch and we met with the curator dawn coburn and had a really interesting conversation with her and of course we're going to be talking about the potential to archive some of their digitize some of their museum pieces and and tell some stories of some of the interesting things that they have in the museum because there's lots of fascinating stories connected to all of the bits and pieces through there so we hope to be able to bring you dawn's sort of overview of the quirky things in the museum in a a future show but this week we were chatting to her about well you uh, were really interested because you're a sewer, you yes. were really interested in the quilt project. They yeah, had. and because so the the first time we went out there and we they unveiled the quilt that's mm. uh, hanging in the museum, and uh, so it was made of uh, square panels that like all people in the community mm. embroidered. It's white with the red cotton, and Dawn had done a book tracing the history of the people that had made those panels yeah. and uh, and it's such a fantastic book so I wanted to get a copy mm. of that for my collection as well and That's yeah right. it's, it's yeah, photographs of the individual yeah, embroiderers the panels and, and, the, yeah. and the people who made the panels yeah and it was done during the war wasn't it well yes it was uh, like a project to support our lads overseas while they were away fighting yeah so um, the uh, in August 1941 one, when mm. World War II darkened the lives of New Zealanders, members of the Middlemarch Women's Institute set out to brighten the hours of soldiers yeah. in an overseas hospital with messages and cheerful images from yeah. home. So this beautiful quilt, which is how big would you say? About, I don't know, three metres by three metres? Yes, something like that. Say. Yes. Um, yeah. That would have been hanging up in the hospital so the, the wounded soldiers would have been able to see their messages from home. And, and some of them were sort of fun comments and maybe a wee cartoon and you know, something yeah. that would have been a sort of secret joke between them, perhaps. Yeah. And um, they, um, and so Margaret Bentz was an, an ambulance driver, which she was described as a welfare executive from the Indian Red Cross. So she picked up a soldier and gave him a lift in her ambulance, and in return, he gave her the quilt. The whole quilt. The whole wow. Quilt. And, uh, and then years yeah. later, it got returned to... Uh, yeah, it found its there. way back home. Yeah, yeah, it's so beautiful, yeah. Mm. So And so the book has... Um, yeah, the stories of the individual panels, and then when it was returned yes. to the museum, it has photos of the descendants of 
the embroiderers. Wonderful. And, yeah, so yeah. it's such a great story. I was amazed about the how what good condition it was. It's been it's really carefully looked after. Yes, yeah. Because it's been through the war. It I has, mean, amazingly. Yeah. And, and travelled probably further than I have. Exactly, so. <laughs> yeah. Overseas, overland. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the red cotton is still so red mm. and... Yeah. And the white. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's as if it was just made. It's, exactly, It's yeah. very well done. It's perfect. And very well looked after. They do yeah. a marvellous job at the, the museum taking care of that. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to reading that book when you've finished with it. <laughs> yes. I'd quite like to have a look at that. Yeah. Yeah. And Dawn was also, I applied her with questions about the platypus mm. because... Um, Having a submarine in Middlemarch is, is something that's really piqued my imagination. So I, I chatted to, to Dawn as well about the platypus. And yeah, uh, it was really interesting to hear that um, they are nearing the, not really the end of the project, but they're at the point where they can build a sort of a, a, a shed, if you like, or a... Yeah, a, and a cradle a, to hold yeah. To hold the platypus, so they'll be able to put it on display and put the information panels up and Mm. people will be able to go and get a real feel for what it was like. They'll be able to look inside and yeah, Yeah. so it really intrigued me. And so of course this week I had to do a bit of research as I do. And I found this article and this is from the Otago Daily Times 1943rd of February 1940 it's the it's headed up the the platypus Otago's first submarine and it's talking about it being built 70 years ago so this is a bit of a retrospective and they called it an optimistic venture which possibly it was it says submarines are in the news today well in 1940 they would have been not not quite like this one and while they are regarded almost as commonplace they were in 1940 there must be surprisingly few people in Dunedin who have seen one still less who can remember when a submarine was actually built on the Otago Harbour, for that was almost 70 years ago. Built, one might almost say, invented for the Submarine Gold Mining Company. It was to be the daring method by which it hoped to work the beds of auriferous rivers. Auriferous, I suppose that means rivers with gold in them. Or, I haven't come across before. Yeah. So the proposal to seek gold in the rivers by means of the submarine had been put forward in France by one Dr. Pirine some 20 years previously. So it was, yeah, quite adventurous for the, mm. for the middle 1800s. And a Frenchman named Vilaine, which turned out to be a... Vilaine turned out to be a, a fortuitous name, um, who had worked with Dr. Perrine, and he was living in Dunedin and was thus able to lend valuable aid in the construction of the Dunedin submarine. Some might say he stole Dr. Perrine's idea. <laughs> we won't judge him. We won't judge him, but not, not now. The idea was to lower the submarine, which soon acquired the title of Platypus, onto the bed of the Molyneux River, open a trap. This is what I wanted to know about. How did they not get the water falling into the coming into the thing. Um, so they opened a trap door on the floor of the machine once they were on the bottom of the river and dig ore-bearing mud and rock. The swift current was to turn half-enclosed paddle wheels and thus operate machinery inside the submarine for washing out the gold. And actually it was more of a diving bell than a submarine as the air pumped into it had to be at a great enough pressure to permit the opening of the trap door. So that was how they did it. Exactly. They pumped and pumped and pumped. So the water didn't come in because the air pressure mm. kept the water out. So that's how they didn't drown. Very clever. Yeah. So anyway, that article is, is really interesting. It goes on at length. I could I could tell you more. But we wanted to know how wide it was, didn't we? we yes, asked. It, it was seven feet, two inches in diameter. So and how many yes. people? Was it well, seven people? Uh, 
I think we were talking about seven people mm. being on the first descent. So, yes, it would have been quite a tight squeeze, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, the test dive. Here we go. Time marched on and almost a month of 1874 had passed before a day was appointed to test the submarine's diving powers. She was tied on behind a lighter off the Stuart Street Wharf and eight, eight persons were safely inside its steel hull. The hatch was screwed down, I presume the top hatch, and slowly, very slowly, she commenced to submerge. Almost two hours had elapsed before the water covered her. So she took two oh. hours to go down. But Just as the idea was... of the, the roof being screwed on. I know. It's like being buried, isn't mm. it? It's awful. Um, it's, <laughs> but as there was only 13 foot of water in the harbour at that point, she was hardly out of sight. So it was, it was a test dive, but it wasn't a challenge really <laughs> took two hours to get down 13 <laughs> feet of water so far so good but when was she going to rise again the know-alls in the crowd asserted with gloomy cheerfulness that their prophecies had proved true that before the submarine could be raised its occupants would be dead and again the unknown reporter supplied the answer after waiting for two hours it was determined to attract the attention of those submerged <laughs> and ask them to rise the boat as they'd been down long enough to convince the most sceptical that as far as the diving qualities of the boat went, it was a success. Yeah. But the other thing is, it's like Houdini, isn't it? You don't know well, until no. they rise up and you unscrew exactly. the Exactly. Did they survive? And it goes on. It says, but how could they get in touch with the men in the submarine? Nobody had thought of adding a long, flexible speaking tube to the craft's equipment. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was solved, however, when the submarine at long last began to rise. So it just came up. Um, and unfortunately, a southwesterly squall sprang up, as it does in, in Dunedin, and jammed her under the counter of the lighter. Oh, dear. Things looked blacker than ever. The master of the little steamer, Result, is the name of the steamer, finally resolved the problem as by puffing and tugging away for about 20 minutes, he finally succeeded in grounding the submarine in about eight feet of water. And when the hatch was unscrewed, it was found that the occupants were none the worse for their exciting experience. I wonder what the temperature was like down there. It's been pretty hot. I can't imagine. Eight people yeah. in that submarine. My word. Braver than me, I wouldn't have done it. And I wonder how you know how how low you are in the water. Well, it would have been... I would have thought quite disorienting. Yes. Because I don't think there were windows, were there? No. Only the window in the, the bottom. bottom. That's not going to tell you much, is it? No. So, yeah. Brave indeed. And um, so that was really... I really story. enjoyed reading about that. So I'm really looking forward to the Middlemarch um, Museum completing their project. Yeah. We'll have to go over the opening and... and uh, yeah. We'll keep you posted, like. listeners. We'll keep you posted. Well, it must be time for a song. Oh, I think so. Doing. This yes. is a really appropriate song, actually. Yes. So this is uh, by the Travelling Wilburys. This is Handle With Care. Up and battered around, been sent up and I've been shot down. You're the best thing that I've ever found. Handle me with care. Reputations changeable, situations tolerable. Show me 
Handle with Care by the Travelling Wilburys. Yeah, then you went to Olverston. I did. Yeah. I, I had some um, items that I had to return. We've been digitising some of their material over the past few years. And, Fantastic. Uh, and I thought I'd go up and have a have a look around. And mm. uh, and so they had some letters of Dorothy Thiemann's and, uh, and so we're going to scan those as well. And, uh, and we were just having a little chat about um, what it was like to have... Um, yeah, Netflix come and uh, film, you know, the royal treatment on your oh, historic home as well. So that was a location, was it? It was, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go back and see if I can find out exactly what it was like to, mm. um, to have a film crew descend on you. And just, yeah, that would make a good interview. Well, so would, perhaps we can perhaps yeah. we can have them we'll on a future sometime. show. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the letters, very exciting. They will be available mm. for people to read once we have um, made them, them public. Mm. So that will be. I don't know, I guess within the next month or so. Yes, definitely. Um, so you'll be able to pop onto our Scattered Seeds website. So you can find Scattered Seeds at Dunedin... Oh, I've done it again. Dunedin.recollect.co.nz or you can pop along to the library's website and you'll find it on there under Digital Services. So um, just have a look at the page and you'll find all these exciting things that we've been putting up. Yeah. We've been uh, packing it with things this last month. Been very busy. Um, so yes, that would be a great project to look at that, and I'd really like to to find out um, how the experience of having a film crew in the in Olverston was. I know, I'm really excited actually just yeah. <laughs> find yeah. that out. Yeah, that's right. Because it must be kind of stressful. Yeah, you know, you've got you know, these kind of original bits of furniture, yeah. and you want to keep them mm. intact. People but... wandering around with great big 
yeah. tripods Boom and things and, and yeah, knocking and vases over. Yeah. I'm sure they're very careful, but sure uh, no, it would be would still be, stressful. Yes, be monitoring them. So we will we will find out for you, uh, <laughs> and we will we'll hopefully invite someone onto the show to talk about that. Um, what else did we do? Well, we are progressing our community projects. So obviously, we went out to Middlemarch and. Um, talked about that and we've been talking to the Strathtyra Community Board about um, taking our roadshow out to Middlemarch and we also visited the launch of the Tyree Network over at Mosgill um, in the Tyree Rugby Club. They're actually based at the Tyree Rugby Club on Tuesdays between 10 and 5 so anyone from the community can go there um, and talk about potential projects for the Mosgill community and Tyree community, wider Tyree community. Um, and we popped into the launch and um, met with some people there. And we also had a, a meeting with uh, Lisa de Klerk, who is the Tyree Connector. Um, and she has very kindly agreed to support us in a community project for the Tyree. Um, we're going to let the people of the Tyree choose the project. So basically, um, Tyree folk get to choose what they would like to have featured on the Scattered Seeds archive. So whether it's, you know, the story of the the Mosgill woolen mill or the railway or something local and particularly close to Tyree people's hearts. um, Yeah, something that 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 they make the decision. Exactly, so they get to choose. Um, And we will support that by by, uh, curating that for them. Um, But we want... As always, we want contributions from the Tyree community. So if you'd like to um, contribute to that or if you have an idea for a project, um, you can either come to us. So you can email library at dcc.govt.nz. You can call us on 03474 or you can pop into any library, including the Mosgill Library, pop in there um, and ask to be put in touch with the Uh, scattered seeds folk that's Jill and I and uh, we'll follow up and contact you about that and of course you can also pop into the Tyree Connect office the sorry Tyree Network office at the Tyree Rugby Club on a Tuesday and and talk to Lisa there about a potential project so um, yeah very exciting we're looking forward to hearing what you'd like I know I really want to know what people yeah you want to talk about exactly anyway let's have another song this one is by our interviewee today we have our guest um on later in just a just a few minutes but we're going to play a bit of his music he's a he's a songwriter as well so this is uh paul s allen with rise again gone and the sky has cleared after the water's gone and the land it reappears when the clouds have gone And the blue sky breaks on through When the grey has gone And the sun shines through We will rise again one day Star what 
heart's been washed away We will learn from our mistakes And build on solid ground again is washed away and the new is yet to start from all that's washed away lives to be rebuilt we will rise again one day Restore what's been washed away And we will learn from our mistakes And build on solid ground again We will rise again one day Restore what's been washed away And we will learn from our mistakes And build on solid ground again And build on solid ground again And build on solid ground Again. Okay, that was a great song. So that's uh, Paul Allen's song "Rise Again," which he wrote for after the floods in South Dunedin. Mm. Yeah. yeah, great song. Very appropriate. So we um, met with Paul uh, at uh, the Chinese Gardens at Lei Nuan. The uh, when was that? I don't know when it was. A couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 we checked to him and. Yeah. Uh, about South Dunedin and his photography and uh, yeah, all the work tea. that he does. Oh, and drank tea, we did too. <laughs> he yes. recommended a lovely brew. Beautiful sunny day, so here's the interview now. Well, Paul, we're in your presence today, the winner of the 2021 Library Citation Award. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. How it's... does it feel to be a recipient? Um, honoured. Uh, just um, unbelievably honoured by uh, by it. It's, uh, it was un un totally unexpected and, and um, yeah, no, proud to be able to support and mm. yeah, no, it's wonderful. It's really lovely for the library to be able to reward people for their efforts and their support so yeah, yeah. we're really grateful for all the things you do for us. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, we're sitting in the beautiful Chinese gardens today um, enjoying a bit of music in the background and the, the, the water trickling from the waterfall. You come here quite a bit, don't you? I try to, yeah. It's a wonderful place to just come and sit. And I can sit here and having a cup of tea and, and either write, I've written songs down here, I've, I've written mm. um, just poetry, I've just journaled or just walked mm. and joined the scenes. It's It has a scholar's garden feel to it, doesn't it? Does. it? Yes. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. It, it encourages that sort of thought process. Yes. Yeah. Um, you take photos here too? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. it's um, ev every season's different. There's um, 
the the colours, the change, the uh, the scenery changes, the water, the the sky affects everything. So it's um, mm. it's it's a wonderful place. Um, again, some of the some of the flowers, the roses, the the um, just the trees, the, mm. the the rocks. It's just a special place. I imagine you see it with a different eye. I, I come in and sort of see the whole and enjoy the piece. Um, but I think you probably see it with a photographer's eye to detail. As, you, as we were walking through the, the walkway there, you saw a, a, co- a cobweb with the light shining through it. And that's, that's the sort of thing that most of us will miss. I, I try to find those hidden things. It's the things which people don't necessarily see or don't, mm. don't necessarily have the time to see. That's, uh, that's it. I think you're, as a photographer, you're the eyes of the people around you we're, we're too busy to see the minutiae but you spot them and point yeah. out the beauty and things around us and the simplicity the, the beauty and the simplicity yeah. of some things like the, the simple flower which you see every day walk past every day but you actually mm. take a close look at it the detail which is within it is, it's, um, it's amazing or, um, um, the complexity of something so simple yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and the beautiful colors and yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Um, many of your photographs, though, are about events, um, protests, celebrations, that sort of thing. We've, we've been collating them, so I've, I'm quite familiar with a lot of your work now, having um, curated quite a bit of it through the Scattered Seeds archive. Mm. And a lot of it is you, you photograph moments in Dunedin's history that are quite significant and that are often forgotten about. We've, we've come across things in the archive and we've gone, ah, I forgot that happened. Um, what, why, what, it, what draws you to photograph things of that nature? I think it's, it's a record of the time. It's, um, it's a chance to capture the, the feel, the moment, the, the atmosphere, um, the passion, um, and, and, the, and a bit about the cause as well. And, and yeah. uh, some, sometimes within, within what I do, I can't necessarily speak too loudly just because of occupation or whatever mm, the, the role mm. um, but but my camera can capture some things so you so your camera will actually take a stance is what you're saying in some ways yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. it's um if, if i don't well I, I, I won't necessarily say if i don't believe it i won't take a photo of it but it's mm. it's there's there's more than just what's happening it's it's the people who are there it's the yes, passion exactly. on the faces yeah um, um with with protests or, or activism, people want to have their message heard. Mm. Um, people want to be seen, um, and sometimes literally standing in the middle of a protest march, in the middle of the road, and having people walk all around you as a photographer. Mm. Um, and I mean, the people who are on these marches, uh, um, they know that I'm out there <laughs> doing some of these things. That they um, there's an element of trust, I suppose, as well, yes. um, and. Because I want to take photos that honour the people who are on these things, mm. whether whether that's a happy occasion like South Dunedin Street Festival or, or Nook and Cranny Music Festival, or if it's um, protesting the Trans-Pacific Partnership from years ago, or, or uh, there, there, there's a there's a passion, there's a sense of purpose in that, mm. and, it's, and that's what I want to capture. Yeah, you're very good at capturing a feeling on the day in pictures, which I think is very clever. For example, the, um, the Clydesdale, ho- Clydesdale horses, mm. um, just hundreds and hundreds of horses, you captured the sheer size of the beasts, you know, the, and, the, and the joy 
of, of, of that celebration of, was it 100 years of Clydesdales or yeah, been longer? it was one celebration, I can't yeah. it was a part two of the cavalcade or something it was, like that as well. Yeah. And um, they ended up just out here actually, at the Queen's Gardens. Yeah, um, yeah. and it was, a, it was amazing and just mm. seeing something which you don't normally see, which you would have seen years and years ago, but yeah. um, something which you don't normally see now. Mm. Um, but I didn't see it, you see, and that's, that's what's interesting. I feel like I was there because I've looked through your photos mm. and I think that's that's a real skill that you've got. Yeah. yeah. And there's been things like uh, the Fringe Festival when they had their, where they used to have their stuff in the Octagon, just their, their live lunchtime shows or evening shows. Capturing some of that stuff as well mm. is, has been, it's really been fun. Yeah. And, and, um, and if I know the, if I know the person who I'm taking a photo of, then they have the photos. It's, uh, I, mm. If I know them, I'll send it to them. Or, mm. um, you're very generous with your art. You, you, I mean, for example, you donated your entire collection of photographs to the to the archive, which was amazing. Some of some of the photos. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a few, probably hundreds of thousands more. But uh, um, um, oh, I'm quite glad we only got four thousand <laughs> in that case. <laughs> yeah. oh, but it's been an absolute pleasure walking through them mm. and uh, and capturing what they're all about and, and recording that history because a lot of the history I wasn't here for so mm. and a lot as I say a lot of a lot of people will have forgotten that it happened and they can wander through the archive and, and remember yeah. and capture that moment from yeah. from that so it's, it's fabulous thank you well, what sort of camera do you use you, you've got presumably more than one um, if I know you <laughs> you've got many many guitars I'm sure you've got many cameras um, <laughs> I don't have that many cameras okay. I've got I've got um, one main camera which I use, which is a Nikon D5600. Uh, mm. It's just a pretty standard, not quite entry-level uh, digital SLR camera. Right. Um, I've got an older version of that, which I sometimes use if I'm doing larger events and need two cameras. And, ah, I see. Um, and apart from that, it's pretty much my phone. Oh, really? Um, it, the, the iPhone, it, it, it takes a pretty reasonable photo. Yeah, uh, depending on, uh, Depending on what you've got. And yeah. The, the 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 saying is is that the best camera is the one you've got with you at the time. Well, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so often it's the only camera which I've got with me at the time, and it's just mm. uh, it can and capture again, some really good. it's capturing that very precise moment in time, isn't yeah, it? it is. when it needed to be taken. Yep. Yeah. And, so, and sometimes they sometimes they work, sometimes it doesn't. But it's a, often a chance to you've got there. There's some great tools um, uh, on on the camera now on the phone now which you can which you can really enhance photos and do do whatever mm. you need to and editing it getting online yeah. straight away sometimes as well it's uh, they could be within a few seconds of me taking a photo there mm. i've noticed when you take um bird bird photographs because you did a whole um calendar mm. of birds uh, a couple of years ago a couple of years ago yeah. yeah um you often capture them in silhouette and that's quite effective but i wonder why what is it about birds that, that appeals to you? It's um, being that way. Someone asked me recently, "Why do I capture? Why do I take photos of birds?" And oh. and and, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, which, which is uh, and the and the answer was, well, it's it's capturing the essence of a bird is it's free. It's free to go wherever it wants yes, to. Yes. Um, and um, when you capture a photo of you, are capturing an essence of that freedom mm. um, without. Which is ironic, we're, we're, capturing yeah. freedom. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, without impinging on mm. the on the freedom True. of the actual bird itself. The black and white stuff that I do, and the, the really hard monochromatic black and white, mm. um, um, 
is something which I enjoy doing, of trees, of birds. Um, I'd like to experiment with doing that with people as well. Mm. And the, the really strong silhouette. Uh, it, it's something that captures, again, the, the essence of a situation without necessarily identifying the object. Mm. I mean, yes, it's a tree as a tree, but um, mm. a bird is a bird. You can sort of tell whether it's a, if it's a seagull or if it's a tui. Or, mm. or, um, um, but there's something, when you strip it right back to it's just pure form there's something again it's simple but it's not mm. um, yeah. you're capturing its nature without being distracted by yeah, the yeah. detail I suppose and, and it's the same if I take photos of people I, I, I really prefer black and white ah, uh, and, right. and the reason for that is that black and white um, it, it captures the person without fashion yeah. And so there's a timelessness to a black and white photo because you can't see the fact that well, I'm wearing a bright orange t-shirt mm. or, or, or the hair is the wrong shade of green or something like that. Mm. Or, um, it, it just takes all that out and yes. it just reduces to the, the actual human yeah. captured in that image. It's interesting, isn't it, that we look more natural when we have no colour. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting concept. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes mm. it, you really do need the colour for the yeah. for the moment. But but for uh, for generally for people, uh, black and white is um, mm. just really what I love doing. Yes, yes, beautiful. Flowers. You've been taking a lot of flowers lately. Um, <laughs> I've noticed on your social media yeah. posts. Um, what is it about flowers that uh, it, it's quite unique, isn't it? Flower photography. Um, I wouldn't say that it's unique. It's, it's just, I, I'd, in particularly roses. It, yeah. I, I, I adore roses. And, um, so I, what makes them different to what you would normally um, photograph? There's, so, there's something temporary about roses. Ah, uh, right. and, and, well, any flower, really. Yes. Um, and it's, it's here, it's immediate. Come back in an hour's time in full sun and it's changed shape. Mm. Um, come back in a day's time, it's past its... Uh, best I suppose um, mm. um, come a day later and it's just nothing left yes. um, and so so being there at that moment you're capturing something which is essentially temporary and and therefore very precious yeah mm. yeah and it's and no one will ever see it exactly the same way mm. um, yeah. um, something which you can't capture in a camera though is the smell no. And, and, and you can use your imagination. Yeah, you can use imagination, but uh, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no. One day, I'm sure they will invent smell vision for cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that day. <laughs> <laughs> but there's obviously something about flowers that appeals to you. You, yeah. you find them calming, or yeah, calming. Um, especially if I'm uh, needing to ground myself or to, hmm. to centre myself, I find just taking time out to literally to smell the roses yeah. um, is something which can settle you, can set, well, settles me and, and uh, just causes a calmness, mm. um, it's a sense of this is simple, it's just a chance to mm. breathe mm. and if I can share that with others and say hey look stop and enjoy the roses mm. for a while then just stop yeah mm. yeah perhaps it's the stillness that appeals yeah everything's so busy these days to oh absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so much life and yet so still yeah yeah, yeah. it's quite busy in the garden today yeah. <laughs> there's a few people walking around yeah. um your photography features in your album cover graphics yes. for your music um as a songwriter have you considered combining your, I may have asked you this before, but have you considered combining 
your ph photographic art with your music? Uh, yeah, there's actually a project which I'd like to oh, do. Great. Um, and um, have a, um, um, a collage of images behind me as I'm playing. Yeah. Um, and, and the songs may reflect some of the things which are behind as well. Mm. Um, mm. Or it might just help to portray the feel of that I'm trying to uh, project as yes. well. Because yeah. um, often your music is very personal and come, because it comes from inside your head, I suppose that the images are illustrating what's going on in your mind as well as the music. In, in some ways, yeah, yeah. 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 And, yeah. And, and perhaps, uh, especially with the bird photography, mm. capturing the capturing that freedom to move, to, to, to fly, to, mm. uh, to, to be. I mean, uh, the songs like Am I Flying? It, mm, um, of course, um, perfect. Um, um, it is a song which, it, it is all about being lost in your own thoughts. Mm. And, and Am I Flying? Is this, is this falling down? Is this taking a step into something new? Mm. And it's sort of something like a bird taking a flight mm. for the first time. Yes. They've your got to song, jump off something. Your song being released into the world. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm, beautiful. Yeah. And you've written many songs about South Dunedin. It's obviously a place that's close to your heart. So how long have you lived in South Dunedin? Gosh, since about 1989. Yeah. 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 Most mostly there. A short stint away from there, but mostly there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. It's uh, um, it's a really good place. It's a vibrant place. It's got everything we need. The beach is just nearby. Mm. Um, um, yeah, there's vibrancy in life there. It's a great community, isn't uh, it? It is, yeah. yeah, and it's so diverse. Yeah, um, and it's, it's something which I love. And, and they're very passionate, and they've they deserve the credit for for keeping that that part of town. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's so there's so much going on there. Yeah, with yeah. the street festival and the. The busking festival. And yeah, yeah, and the busking festival. The number of people who have come out of there yeah. and, and gone on to do some really good things for music mm. um, has it, been amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and the community supports it. They come out yeah, in yeah. droves and get fully behind everything, Absolutely. which really helps, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the South Dunedin Street Festival, we have thousands of people yeah. uh, coming to that. Shame about COVID and, uh, and yeah. weather events, which have caused it to mm. be cancelled, but uh, well, that's the that's life of events. <laughs> <laughs> that's live events. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, yeah, look forward to the day when we can start running those again and yeah. just really celebrating. It'd be great to have a venue there, wouldn't it? A music venue, oh. permanent music venue. Li live music venue for South Dunedin would be really good. Yeah. Um, something which isn't, isn't based around pubs, mm. uh, something which is open for anyone to use, which yeah. is a safe place. Um, for original musicians to yeah. play, singer-songwriters through to band, young bands, mm. especially young bands coming up. Yeah. Um, all ages type of uh, venue would be really good. And great for the community to go and enjoy music and feel safe there. Yep. Much like they do at the libraries during music month. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah. what we need is a bandstand that's covered, really, a, a covered in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Closed in bandstand. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that would be, be, be fantastic. And mm. it just then encourages and it's not just it, musicians; it's cultural groups yeah. uh, to have a public performance space, oh, amazing. Um, yeah. and to be able to be seen and vi mm. uh, uh, um, visible to yes. to the rest of the community, and understood there. and appreciated and respected. Yeah, yeah it's, it's wonderful. You you've done a, an exhibition on South Dunedin notables, haven't you? Is notables the right word? Um, well, no, well, no. There were people, uh, everyday people, in some yeah. ways, and then there were some notables in there as well. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, 
a few years back, it was myself, Paul LeCompte and, and uh, uh, Ferg Campbell mm. as the photographers. We, we, we took 36 photos of people from South Dunedin, or mm. had an association with, uh, with South Dunedin. Um, I think the youngest was about 11 years old, mm. and the oldest was well into their 90s. Yeah. Um, from all walks of life, from doctors to musicians to to um, well, naturally musicians, of course, because of course um, to, <laughs> to, to to politicians, yeah, to priest, to priest, yeah, the, uh, yeah. the the parish priest, mm. to um, um, it's a fascinating people like um, um, Graham Sydney, mm. um, who's had strong connection with with that South Dunedin yeah. King's High School old mm. boy and. Um, Dame Pat Harrison, mm. absolutely amazingly interesting people, mm. and that was a part where the three of us we'd spend um, a fair bit of time with someone before mm. uh, before we take the photo. Yes. Um, so you'd really get to know them. Yeah, and we mm. wanted to capture some of that, and mm. then we take this portrait. Um, and so um, we had over a thousand people through that exhibition, mm. and, and um, that was that was amazing to see. And they were all black and white portraits. Um, pretty much just head headshots. Mm, yeah. um, very large, 600 by mm. 900 mil, mm. um, um, in full detail. Um, they're beautiful photographs. Oh, they're, they're very, very yeah. emotive. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we were concerned with some because they were so real mm. um, um, that they were going to be too real, perhaps because we didn't touch them up at all. Yeah, and, and that was, and, but they were all really, really well received. Good. It was, um, yeah. it was uh, such a wonderful where, thing. Where are the, the the prints now? Are they around? Um, I think Ferg's got them at the, oh, at the yeah. moment, so mm. um, we need to work out. You need. You must have lots of wall space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah, it'd be um, lovely to find somewhere for them. Yeah. Permanently, yeah. wouldn't it? Maybe when you know, yeah. somewhere in South Dunedin would be wonderful. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, and I'm very happy to say that you've you've also very kindly, the three of you donated those that exhibition to the Scattered Seeds Archive. Yeah. So, if people would like to see it again, they can view it on the archive. And th and that was the uh, one of the whole points is what because we had that discussion at, at a very early stage is what mm. happens after the exhibition, yes. and we certainly wanted it to be a, on record somewhere because it is a yes. snapshot of history. These are 36 people who were yeah. had a strong connection with South South Dunedin as it stands in. Um, gosh, whatever year that was. Um, <laughs> um, can't remember what year it was now, but a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It would be wonderful actually if we could um, capture their voices as well. Mm. Um, perhaps if, if some of them might talk to us and record an oral history for, for Scattered Seeds and yeah. to, to, to hear what they have to say about South Sudan as I well. Think, I think yeah. we've actually got the, we've kept the audio for oh. some of those, we recorded oh. all the audio. Okay, but, um, that could no. be interesting. We might I'll have to talk to you about that. <laughs> yeah, we might have to talk to Ferg and, and, um, yeah, and, and uh, yeah. Paul about that Fantastic. one Fantastic, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, Paul and Ferg are both fascinating people. Um, one, one of the things which I'm passionate about is, is, is encouraging people to try things for the first time. Mm. And, and um, whether that's music, um, going along to an open mic night and singing for the first time, <laughs> or whether that's picking up a new hobby or... A, or um, whether that's photography, whether that's anything at all, but mm. encouraging people to just give it a go, yes. yeah, and um, um, and trying to uh, say, well, you don't know you can do something unless you try, mm. and just because it doesn't work the first time doesn't mean you can't do it, and it's, it's 
uh, it just means that you might need some more practice or mm. find out what you're passionate about and, and trying to encourage people to grow that way I think is really yes, important to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever their age. Whatever their age, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, have given guitar lessons before and the oldest, I think the oldest student I've had was about 90. 90. Wow. 90. Wow. Yeah, she wanted. She, it was on her bucket list of how to play guitar. So and did you did you did you do a gig? No, I didn't do a gig, <laughs> but uh, but she learnt a few chords. But one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. And um, a little bird tells me you're, you're learning the ukulele. Um, yeah, I've got a few. I've got three different ukuleles, and oh. and I've been writing some songs on the ukulele. Oh, you're not learning then. You're actually using. Yeah, yeah using. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. Um, um, yeah, I pick up new instruments every now and again, and. Mm. and I've seen your and collection. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> try try to experiment, and, and mm. sometimes even that process of playing on a new instrument is actually mm. uh, um, the creative process is helped by that. So encouraging people in that way to pick up something, learn mm. to sing, pick up an mm. instrument. It can and having that focus is really mindful, isn't it? It's it's taking you out of the world, which yeah. can be quite stressful and making you focus on a particular thing is very valuable. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you today, Paul. I've really enjoyed the tea. Oh, that was Paul Allen there. It was lovely to talk to Paul in the garden. Beautiful venue. Such an interesting person to chat to as he well. He is, yeah. and so passionate about the South Dunedin community. Um, and I'd just like to remind people that, that the exhibition that Paul mentioned, the uh, South People of South Dunedin exhibition, has been digitised now, so you can see uh, the photographs and the stories of those people um, that were chosen for to be exhibited. Um, if you can exhibit people, <laughs> their portraits were exhibited. Um, you can now view them on the Scattered Seeds website, and we gave you the details of that earlier. So do have a look at that. It's an amazing exhibition Beautiful. of some really fabulous people from South Dunedin. Um, and, a, and a testament to um, those three gentlemen's photography exactly, yes. um, yeah, skills there. So yes, this morning we popped out to the uh, Tyree Historical Park at right. Altrum. My first visit. It yes, was a wonderful place. Yes, yeah. I'm quite familiar with it because it's my stomping ground, and I do volunteer there. Um, so yes, we were able to meet with Neil, and we had a chat with him, and um, we'll be playing that for you next week. But it was really wonderful to go out there and spend some time. We explored the buildings. It's, it's basically a small village of historical buildings that you can visit. You can go into each building, and each building contains a collection. So it's like a series of small museums on a village, if you yeah. like. Yeah, and just yeah. the the thought of like those those buildings not being there and having no, to be shifted no. into those positions. So if you don't know where the historical park is, it's basically up a fairly steep hill overlooking the Tyree River. And if you go into Outram from the Mosgiel end, you cross over the bridge and immediately turn right and then sharp left. And it's up that hill. And at the top of that hill, that was basically a bald piece of land. And they've added uh, six buildings to that. So uh, over time, they've transported buildings from Outram, Berwick, um, and surrounding areas up to the park to create a village. So it's quite a feat of engineering. Well, it's a very, it's quite a narrow pathway. It up. really is. It's hard yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's some nervous people. I think so. So it was a, it was a, a job in itself. So, and you can actually see how some of the buildings were transported. That's that's part of the exhibit. So, yeah, um, yeah no, it's well worth a visit. Um, they are open on Sundays, two till four, and it's just a cold gold coin entry. Um, so, and you could spend a good. Well, you could spend hours there, to exactly. be and fair. It, on a beautiful day, you could take a picnic. Mm. There's picnic tables up it's there. It's a beautiful it's setting, yeah. lovely big gardens overlooking the Tyree River and, and the 
the Saddle Hill um, there and uh, the Mangatua and, uh, yeah, some sheep. <laughs> and it's also right next to the uh, vintage machinery park mm. as well. So you can, you can explore both museums if you want to on the same day. So, yeah, no, that was really good fun. So we'll bring you that um, at a future date. Mm. Should we have another song? I think we should. So uh, I think we should play Salutation Road. Yeah, Martin Stevenson and the Dainties. Yeah. 
was uh, Martin Stevenson in The Dainties with Salutation Road. I love that song. Yeah. It's really groovy. Well, you were talking about how you spend some of your weekends at the Tauri Historical Park. Mm. Uh, I spend uh, my Sunday mornings uh, helping out with the Friends of the Regent Theatre sorting books. Fantastic. And, you know... Trying to keep my eyes off. I do not need any more <laughs> But you never know. I might I, I mm. might bring home some home from the sale. So the um so we're getting ready for the the sale that starts on the first of April and it'll run through to the tenth of April. So it's the Oh that's uh, a long sale. It's a so long it's not twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. We're we're kind of changing it up so oh. it's being called sort of the um the red traffic light uh sale because ah. we have to change things mm. with all the restrictions so instead of just coming in you need to go online and book uh book a slot so each slot ah. will be um an hour and a half long mm. so you'll get the hour and a half to kind of look around and <gasps> give books and spend idea. all your money and uh and then there's a little break so the staff can come in yep. and tidy everything up and put mm. the books out and then uh yeah, and then you can... So you get the place to yourself for an hour and a half? Or well, several people get Several people, so yeah. yeah. So we had to keep numbers to, of course. to 100. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's so, brilliant. That is a good idea. And I mean, yeah. Yeah, they've been waiting since 2020 to hold the uh, 40th oh. anniversary you know, fundraising book sale. And yeah. there's a lot of books. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> that need new homes. So, so people need not panic. If they don't get no. the first slot, no. there will still be plenty of books. No. And, so, and as usual, you'll presumably replenish the... Yes. The stock, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, as the yeah, time so it's goes a on, 10 day sale, so yeah, um, fantastic. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. So, so, how do people book their slots? So, if you go onto the Regent Theatre's website, um, you'll be able to book a slot there. So, yeah, you just go in and okay. yeah, book a slot, just like booking a ticket. Yeah, it's booking a ticket, it's book a ticket to, a book to, you, to the book sale, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. To remind people to bring their own bags, and yeah, uh, yeah so mm. that's yeah, wonderful. FPOS or cash? Yes, they're, they're F- encouraging um, cashless payments, but yeah, they'll take cash, they will if they have to, they yeah, do. yeah, mm. yeah. But yeah, Fantastic. go on to the, the website for, for more details, and mm. book your ticket, and uh, yeah, it'll be great. That yeah. sounds wonderful. So it's just books and some puzzles and jigsaws so oh yeah sticking to books. very good yeah, fun oh so great. that'll be good are they having music or is it not too sure oh so they may or may not we'll yeah, find we'll, out we'll, yes we'll check back on we'll that let but, you know. but it'll be lovely to have it back in the theater mm, and, uh, well. yeah so and that's so. a great way to do it it is because everyone yeah. feels safe that way don't they yeah and yeah. you know you've got the the staff that you know are there yeah, and, that's and right. look after you and yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah just to just to spend any time in that theater is a good mm. excuse to go so yeah. you know Excellent. Books are a bonus. So, so you yes. could go twice if you were lucky exactly. enough to get to get two slots. That's amazing. So yeah. yeah, that's me. Well, I think we've probably run out of time, haven't we? I think we probably have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think you know. Do tune in next week. We're on, as you know, eleven o'clock every Monday um, for morning tea. So tune in and mm. uh, have morning tea with us. Uh, we're on one hundred five point four FM or 15.75 a.m. Otago Access Radio. Um, We are actually getting a replay, so um, Otago Access Radio will be replaying our show at 10 p.m. on Tuesday night. So if you don't get a chance to listen on a Monday morning, you can tune in at night and listen to us chatting away before you go to bed. Um, And we also obviously have podcasts that you can listen to, and you can access those on oar.org. Dot nz just look up recollections radio and you'll find our podcast there and if you have stories you'd like to tell us we would love to hear from you as you know please do get in touch no story is too small no we love stories so please whatever your story please get in touch with us you can contact us on 03 
0800-474-3690. Pop into your local library, have a chat to a librarian and ask to speak to us and they'll put you in touch. Or you can email us at library at dcc.govt.nz. And I think that's probably us for now. Probably is, yeah. Yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing you next week. Do tune in and uh, bye for now. Bye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.